Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Well, if you got your Bibles, get them open to the book of Psalms. And as you do, uh, if you are not here Sunday, please make sure that you listen to the message from Sunday, especially if you're on our serve team or if you're new to the church uh, and you missed that, share it. Amen. Share it with as many people as you can. It's a message that needs to be heard today. And on that note, uh, we got a really, you know, sometimes you'll expect a backlash, and then there may be some backlashes, but I haven't heard any yet. But we got somebody that was here, I believe, Sunday. I don't know for sure if they were here uh, or just heard the message, but they went on Google and gave us a five-star review and said, finally, somebody's preaching the truth. And they were super excited about the church and the message. And so that was exciting. And on that note, I want to ask anybody that's new, have, has been coming for a short amount of time, um, we, we, we evangelize, we street preach, we one-on-one evangelize, and we, that's how we get people in the church. But we are taking advantage of the Internet and social media, and we do get a lot of people coming to visit our church from the Internet. Uh, Googling and searching for spirit-filled churches or churches that preach the truth or whatever. So you can help us get people here. I know we've got some people even who are even plugged in that came through the Internet. If you haven't gone to Google and made a review, even if you're a teenager, if you're able to get on the, fo- get on the phone and use it, please go, especially if you're new. If you hadn't made, haven't made a review, uh, go on there and just hopefully give us five stars. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we're going to keep that. We have, we have almost 100 reviews they're all five stars, and uh, just say something. You don't have to say something, but if you can say something, that would be great, but at least give us a five-star review if you think the church is five stars, amen, and that will help us continue to reach people. So just take five minutes to do that if you can, amen. Psalms 37, Psalms 37, oh, another annou- two announcements. Don't forget July 17th, that, that, uh, that s- celebration service we're going to have, one service at 11 uh, a.m., and uh, this Sunday, our youth will be going to camp. Amen. Our, our teens are heading out Sunday, and they're going to come back Thursday full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm so honored to announce officially, the teens already know, but the one who's preaching the camp is my brother-in-law, Pastor Jose, from Costa Rica. Amen. So he's going to preach the camp, and let's just be believing for God to do amazing, amazing things. Amen. I want to talk tonight about the desires of your heart, the desires of your heart. As I was listening to, to Joy's uh, testimony, I had already heard her testimony. She'd already shared it with me. We were going to have her share it before, and, and we put it off and waited. And, and early the, one morning this week, I woke up with this verse on my spirit, and I thought of her testimony, and it's just a recent testimony of somebody trusting in God and, and saying, Lord, I, I, I believe your word as it is. And then even in times of frustration, um, saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you specifically. How powerful was that to say, I'm going to fast and pray and believe God for this job. And, and, and what I want to talk about tonight is when we're putting God first. I cannot stress this enough. When you're putting God first and when... I'm going to go over a few principles here. When your eyes are on the Lord and when your heart is right and when you're trusting and having faith and doing the right thing and you're committed to God, 
he will begin to do things in your life that you see that are things that you don't even ask for. I'm talking about beyond uh, that, that, that specific example, just to use it. You know, she was praying for a, a job where she didn't have to drive an hour. That was the most important thing. Maybe second to being able to get Bria from school and not have to be in daycare for so long. She wasn't as concerned about the money as she was getting Bria from school and not driving an hour every day. But look what God did. God said, you, you honor me and you trust me and you love me and you, you, you obey me. And so I'm, I'm going to give you what you asked for, but I'm going to give you, watch this, I'm going to give you what, I, what you asked for, but I'm also going to give you what you didn't ask for. Amen. That's the kind of God that we serve tonight is that he'll give you things that you don't ask for. And I, and I want to say this with just, just a complete assurance that this is how God works. Now, this is not God in a genie box or a bottle. This is not let's make a deal. This is not um, name it and claim it. This is a heart that's after God, that loves him with all their heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, that is committed to the Lord. You begin to see in your life, and, and, and as, as I've always said, the longer you stay in the things of God, you will see these things come to pass that take time. Someone, David Tyru just shared a video with me that I had sent to him five or six years ago when he was playing basketball in Spain, and uh, it was at the old building, and I think the teens had just come back from camp, and it was just a little 20-second clip that I had sent him, and he sent it back to me, and it was Holy Ghost-filled. People were getting touched at the altar. There was a lot less people than there is today, but it was a powerful service. But as I scanned through that video, I also saw many faces that I know aren't serving the Lord today. And how many know this isn't about serving God for a little bit, little bit, and trying it out? It's this is serving God until the day we breathe our last breath, Amen, and going all the way to the end, and making it for Jesus, Amen. How many know some people who faded away? We we need to pray for them to come back, and we need to understand always that could be me. We have to be careful that that's not me. So I'm going to read about eleven verses tonight, and I think I'm going to go ahead and read them all. And then we're going to come back and break it down a little bit. This is a powerful chapter. I don't want to sound redundant when I say it's one of my favorite chapters because there's a lot of favorites. When you love something, you have a lot of favorites. But I do love this verse, and I do love uh, this chapter in Psalms, and I love what it comes from. And so I want to read 37.4 first. Many of you may know that just by hearing the numbers. How many when somebody's up here praying or someone's preaching and someone says a verse, you, you, you begin to speak it before they speak it? You know the verse. That's, that's the way we should be. We should begin to be able to name that verse as it's coming out because we've read it. Amen? So here it is. Delight yourself in the Lord. Okay? So delight yourself in the Lord and watch what happens. And he will give you the desires of your heart. This is, this is the things that you don't ask for. This is the things that sometimes when you get them, you don't even know that you wanted them, and then you get it and you say, and listen, that can go from, from health to marriage things to kids things to grandkids things to, 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 to material things to peace to what it, you, it doesn't, there's no specific thing. But when you get it, you go, God, I didn't even know I wanted that, but I sure, and, and then you, you know what, I did want that. Thank you, Lord, but I've never even asked you for it. That's the God that we serve. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
It's a powerful verse. So I want to kind of break it down. We're going to start in, uh, in verse 1. And um, I believe that this, this verse, chapter, sorry, this uh, verse 4 is one of the most beautiful promises in the Word of God. But as you read the beginning of this chapter, remember when you read a verse, don't ever take a verse out of context, as they say, and, and claim that verse without reading all the verses around it. Not only can you get yourself in trouble, you can lose the power of the meaning of that verse. If we were to just read that verse tonight and, and just go from there, but not read the verses around it, we would not understand how powerful his words were when he was speaking this, because as we're reading this chapter, we know that David is most of the time running for his life, hiding in caves, uh, making mistakes, scared, you know, having many, many enemies after him, people he doesn't even know are against him, looking for him from Saul, who wants to kill him. So then you read verse 1, and it says, Don't fret because of evildoers, and don't be envious, leave that up for just a second, of the workers of iniquity. And you're thinking, what does that have to do with verse 4 and, and delighting yourself in the Lord? This whole 11 verses that we're going to pick here out of, the, out of the whole great chapter is what I want you to see I want you to understand something, and I want to say this right off the bat so that you know where I'm going with this. It's, I, I, I always tell you how amazing the Holy Spirit is. I love the fact that I don't ever tell the guys that are going to get up and pray or do the testimony or do the word. or I never, They never know what I'm going to preach. They never know what it's about. And Brian's word about his, his verse he used about uh, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. This is the anchor tonight. This is the immovable anchor that as everything else around us, as a matter of fact, I'm moving my hand. I don't want to do that. I'm going to put it right here. As everything in the world is moving and changing and up and down and around and torment and tornadoes and hurricanes spiritually and changing of morals and changing of beliefs and just this crazy world we live in. Look what's not moving. This doesn't move. It's the anchor. When the boat's getting hit and the attack's coming, heaven and earth will pass away. Things will come and go. Change will come. But the word of God will never change, and it doesn't move. Amen. It stays right there. So I want you to understand that as we go forward because the, the way that you delight yourself in the Lord is what did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. So if we love the Lord, we love his word. And so we're going to get into that a little bit, but I want you to just picture that. I'm just going to leave this right here, that as you're focusing on the things you're going through right now, all of us are going through different things all at different times, family things, financial things, marital things, physical things, world things. This isn't moving, and it never has. It's the anchor. It's, it's, it doesn't change. And that's what we have to remember, okay? So, so David is speaking this chapter understanding, as he said, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I won't sin against it. He is speaking these words as somebody who understands that God, as everything around him is changing, God's not changing. Okay? I cannot stress that enough. Even as a follow-up from Sunday church, as this, as this world keeps going in the horrible direction it's going, we can have a peace tonight. 
and a joy tonight and an assurance tonight that we are connected as that first verse in 1 Corinthians 10 on Sunday said to the rock. We're connected to how many people do I have in here tonight that are connected to the rock? The rock, amen? The rock, Christ Jesus, the everlasting. He does, he's immovable. So remember that as we read this. And, and here's the thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes. As in, and this goes to this verse, delight yourself in the Lord. And we're going to start reading here in a second. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. That has to do with when I'm delighting myself in the Lord, I am as with any promise in the Bible, I'm having to express my faith and believe the promise in the midst of trials. Okay? Promises are there, but promises don't come to pass if I don't have faith and I don't believe in the promise in the midst of the trial. Okay? Trials are... Has anybody noticed yet? Has anybody been saved long enough yet to know that trials come and go? And we talk about this all the time. You're either what? You're either going into a trial. You're either in the middle of a trial. Or you just came out of a trial. That's your life. Just look at the person next to you and say, that's it. But God is with us as we go into the trial. God is standing with us as we're in the trial. And God is with us as we come out in victory out of the trial. He's with us. He doesn't move. He stays with us, and we're going to get into that in a second, but he, he shows us that he's immovable, he's perfect. And so his promises, his plan, his purpose, and his will is what we keep. Write that down. We keep his promises, sorry, his plan, his purpose, and his will. How, am I, how do I delight myself in the Lord? I keep his, prom, his purpose and his plan and his will in front of me. Okay? Very important. So don't fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. So I'm, I, I said I was going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to break it down as we go. So number one, I'm going to give you four things tonight, very quickly. Number one, he says, don't fret because of evildoers. Don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. And, and you just have to work with me on that, and how, going back and forth. But here's number one. Keep your eyes always fixed on Jesus and his word. Right here. Even as I'm moving around and you're listening to me and I'm preaching, keep your eyes fixed right here on this word. Okay? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. And it just says this. I just want to read the first part of the verse. The author and the finisher of our faith. Okay? So our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Jesus doesn't change. Jesus doesn't go along with what's popular. Jesus doesn't go along with what's accepted. Jesus is Jesus. His word is his word. And his doesn't change. He's everlasting. Amen. And we keep our eyes fixed on him, just like Peter had his eyes fixed on Jesus when he was walking on the water. Why did Peter fall? He took his eyes off Jesus. Amen. So we look to Jesus and we fix our eyes on him and his word. Number verse 2. For they shall soon, soon they, they is the world, they is the enemy, they is the people who don't obey the word of God. They'll soon be cut down like the grass. And they'll wither as the green herb. Okay, so say this with me. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. When we, when we talk about things that don't make sense in this world, 
God, you got this. God, you're, you're, we talked about he's a just God. Give it to God. God will take care of the situation better than you can. Okay? Way better. Okay? You keep reading. Next, next part. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. David is saying, I, I, I'm not going to focus on what everybody else is doing in the world. I'm going to trust God. This is where your walk becomes individual. This is where the strength of the church around the world and here in Denton tonight is when all of us are saying, I'm not looking at somebody else and what they're doing or not doing. I'm serving the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My eyes are fixed on Jesus. I'm going to do the right thing. Do good. Number two, don't grow weary in doing right and doing good. Don't grow weary. Maybe as I say those words, maybe a verse pops into your mind. Hopefully it should. There's, there's one verse that's probably already popping into some people's minds, and I'm going to give you just a second. You might even write it down see if you're right. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. Okay, well, I'll, I'll know by some nods and some amens if you got it. It's in the New Testament. It's before Ephesians. Starts with a G, Galatians. See, isn't that exciting when you already know where I'm going? When you hear something and a verse pops into your mind. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, now this is the hard part. Because your due season is never going to be what God's due season is. Okay, never. Just get the understanding of that. It will happen, but it's not going to happen in your time. It's not going to happen the way you want it to have. You can put a side note there, which has been something that I've been carrying along myself my entire life of being saved, which is Isaiah 55. Just write that down look at it later, verses 8 to 11. That's not in my notes, but that comes to my spirit. How many know there's just certain things that as you're going along in your walk, they're anchors for you? Certain verses that you live by, and they've never changed. Okay, his ways aren't my ways, his thoughts aren't my ways, his ways are higher than mine. I, I don't understand it, but it's going to happen. Okay, and, and, and I'm going to come back, I want to read, say this now and come back to it in a second. Write this down. This is for somebody, but I believe it's for more than one. Delayed gratification is much better than instant gratification. Okay, delayed gratification, meaning it may be in heaven, is much better than instant gratification. That's the world we live in today. Everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants it now. Everybody wants it now, 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 microwave, now, now. And, and you can get stuff now. You can run down and buy a brand new car. You can run down and buy a brand new appliance. You, you, you can go buy a house. You can, go, you can go do just about anything you want. You can go get in a bad relationship. You can go make a bad mistake. Easy. It's instant gratification. But you're going to have instant problems too. Delayed gratification is much better, okay? So don't let us grow weary, verse 9, for if it's for in due season, we shall reap. Not we might reap, we shall reap, but we have to do something. We have to not lose heart. We have to keep our eyes fixed on this right here. Everything's going crazy, things are moving, things are shaking, but my eyes are fixed right here. Right here on the unchangeable 
word of God. I've said this before. Is anybody else thankful tonight that God doesn't change this on a weekly basis? Is anybody else thankful that every generation that comes, he doesn't rewrite the book? You know, some people call this an antique, and they say it's too old, and, it's, and it's, it, it's, that's what's great about it. Is it hasn't been changed. It's, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it transcends time. When you try to hear people say, well, the Bible's not relevant for today, that's the dumbest statement ever. Because this Bible's been around for thousands of years. And listen, no matter how much people knock it, it still is today and will always be the number one best-selling book in the history of the world. No one will ever change that. And these words are life. Okay? So maybe as I'm going through this message, you're getting an understanding of what you're supposed to delight yourself in. Okay? So he says... Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Now, let's go back to Psalms. Verse 3. Dwell in the land. Tell the person next to you, we got to live here. And right now, this is just a side note, I would like to be in Alaska. If you all know me, I hate, and it's in the Bible, so it's okay, okay word. I hate summer. If you're new, and I know, I know Eric and Kaylee won't know this. My, if I had things my way, I w- we would go to March 31st, and then the next day, instead of being April 1st, would be September 1st. We would just skip right on through hell months. But Brenda Hudgens loves hot. Bless her heart. So she's going to get these wonderful months. Today she told me, I said, I'm just trying to stay cool. She says, I like it hot. At least it's not muggy. And I said, compared to what? <laughs> Louisiana? And she said, yep. Okay. Okay. But we have to dwell in the land. That was, a, that was a heat thing. That was a temperature thing. I thank God for AC, which we're constantly fixing. This room gets fixed, and that room doesn't fix. Tonight the prayer room needed it, so we're just, it's a constant job. We're keeping the AC guy fed. Amen. But we have to dwell in the land. He says we, we can't move out to the mountains and be away from people. we got to live here. Dwell in the land. And while you're in the land, feed on his economy. Feed on his faithfulness. It doesn't matter if gas is $6 or $10 or $20. We are in God's economy tonight, amen? And we, we will be provided for. Doesn't mean we want to pay that. Doesn't mean we want to spend extravagant money at the gas station. But we're here. And we feed on his faithfulness. Now we get to the verse, verse 4. Delight yourself so he just throws this in there. He's, he's saying enemies are doing bad things, and, and, and we're going to see a little bit more of that right now. Things are going on around me. But I, what he's saying in this chapter is I'm not focused on what's going on around me. I'm, as Brian said so well, I, I understand that circumstances cannot affect the word of God. This is one of those things that you'll, you'll get right there, what I just said. 
Circumstances don't affect this. This affects circumstances. Powerful truth. So you delight yourself in the Lord. And number three, first, number one, in case you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Number two, don't grow weary in well-doing. Number three, make everything about the Lord. Have you ever possibly been around someone and you're thinking, man, all they ever do is talk about the Lord? That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Every decision you make. I, I was telling someone this week, just in discipleship and dis- discipleship, we we when we when we signed up for serving God in the ministry, we signed up for Sundays being for the Lord. And now, thank God, there are times every once in a while where I can, I can be gone on a Sunday preaching a revival, or I've always done that, or, or, or be, maybe go, being somewhere else on a vacation. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's, I don't even know how to use that word right, really, actually. Because in the ministry, we've just learned, and my wife's a witness over almost 30 years, that we, our vacations always had to do with where we were ministering. Wherever we were going to minister, we would just take some days there. What I'm saying is, Sunday's the Lord's. And I'm saying this, not that you can't go on vacation, you can't be gone. I'm saying this as in the ministry, that we had to work our schedules around Sunday. Sunday was a day we couldn't miss. Does that make sense? Especially when you're starting work. You got to be there. So I'm saying this because there's an understanding where... Now that I'm saved, if I'm truly saved, I'm not saying, God, here's my schedule. Here's what I want to do. And then if you could just fit yourself into my schedule. Wow, amen. I wasn't expecting that. It's, God, what do you want me to do? And then as I put you first and everything's about you, maybe while I'm over here doing this thing, I can squeeze in a little bit of R&R. Does that make sense? Again, don't take me wrong. I'm not saying you can't take vacation. I'm not saying none of that. I'm just saying your, your, your focus now is everything's about the Lord. And if you don't think that's the case in our lives, look how now people who've been coming for a long time, and it's not cultish, by the way. Our lives now, for those who have been in this church for a long time, our lives revolve around conference. Everything we plan, everything we do, it's like that week's off limits. We have people, even now I can mention names, who are already booking their Airbnbs and buying their flights by faith because they haven't got work off yet. That's making everything about the Lord. That's saying that as a fellowship, we need to get to that conference and we need to, we need to get away that. And, and look, look what I'm talking about. Look at how we get a whole week of being able to be in conference, but then we can take an afternoon and go on a hike or go hang out or go fellowship. But we're, but our, but we're doing it because we're going for conference. For God to speak to our lives, for us to be able to plant churches and get all the churches around from the different parts of the world and strategize. You might not even have realized it, but you have shifted your life now around the kingdom of God. If you're a really good disciple. Maybe you're like, wow, I didn't even notice that, but I sure do. The first thing I ask off for is for vacation for, for conference. 
And we know from last year, on a side note, that that was a humongous, wonderful decision Pastor Paul made. That honestly, at first, I wasn't too happy about. Because I like going in the fall when it's cooler. But when I realized how many people could go to conference in July over October, I said, thank you, Lord. We took over 100 people last year to conference. I don't know how many are going this year, but I hope we beat that. So you make everything about the Lord. In your house, you're making decisions about every, everything you watch, the things you do, the places you go. It's, what's the Lord say about this? How many are following me? Matthew 6.33, maybe, maybe you thought of a verse there. Maybe a verse popped into your spirit as I said that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And here's a New Testament, Psalms 37.4. And all these things, what things? Whatever things you need. Not whatever things you necessarily want, although that's part of the message. That's the cool thing. I just don't know of a better word. The awesome thing about serving God that I'm, testif- I'm basically testifying to you tonight. Have almost 30 years of serving God. I just see God all the time. And sometimes it's big things and sometimes it's little things. And to be honest with you, the little things are even cooler. I love the little ones. I love the little details. And I know some of you are like me, you're driving down the car, you're driving in the car, or you just have a moment, and you're like, God, that, that was a little thing right there that nobody else even knows about. That's a little desire of my heart or whatever it is. So we're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all the things I need will be added unto me. I will not lack. Has anybody in this place seen that promise come to life over and over and over again? Amen. Look at all the hands. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, here's another good verse, John 15. We're talking about number three, making God first in everything, making everything about God. If people aren't calling you radical, you're not living the right life. And when I mean radical, I mean that the, all you ever talk about is God. That's because he's number one. When you get around somebody and you conversate with them for a while, who's number one should come out? Carl and I were watching this show, The Weakest Link, that we like to watch. And it's kind of a uh, um, trivial show. And this one guy got on. He was this big, muscular Hawaiian or something contestant named Spoon for some reason. I kept thinking, why? can you please ask him why his name is Spoon? She didn't ask. But he was this big, natural bodybuilder. I mean, huge dude. Really nice, though. Nice smile. And, and he's, con- he's a contestant, and every answer he didn't know, what he, he mentioned his wife. You could tell the number one person in his life was his wife. Right? Like, o- over the top, actually. It was like, too much. But, that's how it should be with us. We should be so much, to be like, that's all they ever talk about is Oh, God this, and God that, and, well, i got to talk to God about this, and, well, i got to see if it gets in my schedule with God, and that's what people should wonder about us. They should, they should say they're radical. Don't they, ever, don't, don't they ever do anything they don't have to do with God? No, we don't, because God is everything. In him we live and move and have our being.
He's everything. He's not a second place or a third place or he's not something that we fit into our schedule on Sunday and check the box and say we came. He's everything. Amen? John 15, I'm the vine. Verse 5, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him does what? How much fruit? A bunch. I like that. Bunches, Texans. For without me, we, this, was a, this was a verse I used a couple of messages ago, but it's a totally different uh, direction. You can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. It's when we're not put. leave that up for a second if you don't mind. When, when we're not putting God first, you're all, and you start to struggle, always recognize, what am I, what, what's, not, what's out of order here? Something's not right. God, God has lost his position somehow, and I need to get it back right. So things don't go right. I'm not talking about normal attacks. or I'm just How many know sometimes just like something's off? Something's off. Did God move? God didn't move. Isn't there a verse that says he will never leave us nor forsake us? When, we're not, when it's not right, we've left God. We're on a different page and we're somewhere else, and God is saying, I'm still here, right here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to move. I need you to. I didn't say if I abide in you, if you abide in me, he says. If you abide in me, if you abide in my words, if you abide in how, my character, if you abide in my promises, if you abide in me. It says, if not, now this part here is also, I'm, I'm hitting it from the, us as Christians tonight. This is also talking about people who don't bear fruit are, are going to be burned and they're not going to make it for God, and they're going to be cast out. But I'm, ta- I'm taking it from the part of even having problems is when we start to get off of God not being everything. Okay? Next verse, verse 7, please. <clears throat> if you abide in me, and my words in you, and there's words, the words of God, here he goes. You will ask what you desire, what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Amen? You ask like joy and you pray and you fast and he'll answer. But here's the great God. He'll answer even what you didn't ask for. I'm going to do better than that. I'm just not going to tell you because God likes to surprise us. He's a good God. Okay? And so back to Psalms 37 again. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. Verse 4. Claudia's like, where's he going? And and after we abide in him, and after we seek first the kingdom of God, and after he's everything, then he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. See how the Old and the New Testament work right hand in hand? They don't contradict each other. They confirm each other. And so Saul, David is saying the same things that, Je- that Jesus is saying. Last one. Actually, let's keep reading. Verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. It's not a question of if, he's will. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Watch this. This is number four. Rest in the Lord. How many like that word, rest? 
Okay? I, but I'm not talking about physical rest. That's nothing. That's good. We need to physically rest too. But going back to what we're about, what's one of our slogans and maybe you haven't heard it yet? We'll rest when we get to heaven. We got work to do. Amen? So he's not talking about a physical rest. And again, there are times when we need to stop. We need to slow down. We need, we need to, I heard a little story about a little guy, not little, strong, strong, a uh, little vertically challenged. I don't know. I'm not trying to say little Nestor over here. Amen. He's not quite as tall as me. I'm not trying to say you're little. But this strong, awesome construction worker, painter, owns his own business, almost passed out last week because he was taking in too many paint fumes. So there's a time when you got to lay down and get your bearings, right? Forced rest sometimes. But this isn't physical rest. It's spiritual rest. Because how many know if you look at your physical bodies, when we're overworked physically, it's because our spirits aren't at rest. When your spirit's at rest, physical doesn't bother you. When your spirit is not at rest, it affects everything. Okay? So write this down, number four, and we're closing. Learn to rest. And what that means is learn to rely on God. Now we're in the place where, okay, I'm committing my ways to him. I'm putting him first. I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm abiding in him. I'm doing everything. And then you get to the place where now there's another verse that says, when you've done all to stand, stand. Now you say, God, now I just trust that you're going to take over. Now you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do what you promised. I'm just going to rest in you. Okay? Come to me, all who you are labored. And heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We run to Jesus and we say, Lord, I rest in you. Okay? And you can go on to read the rest of the verses there. He goes on from there and starts talking about again, People who are not going to prosper, they're wicked, they're, they're going to they're gonna get what they, what, they, what they want, they're going to get what they ask for, they're going to pay the fiddler, so to speak. You can read the rest of the chapter. But what I'm trying to show you tonight is in the middle of his first beginning verse where he talks about evildoers and how the chapter ends about evildoers, he's in the middle saying, I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. Just as like the song that quotes the Psalms, like a tree planted by the river, I shall not be moved. Amen? I'm telling you tonight, when you look at this, fix your eyes on it. And just keep fixing your eyes on it, even when it doesn't make sense. And you put God first. And you don't lean on your own understanding. And you make everything about God and you don't get tired of doing the right thing, you'll just start to see God do things for you because he's a good father. And you'll say, God, I wasn't even thinking about that, but now that you gave it to me, I did want that. I don't say this to brag, I promise. I just say it because I've learned. I don't ask for a lot of things specifically. I honestly, for myself, God is my witness. I don't ask for a lot of things. 
I just try to live my life like this, and then I trust that whatever God gives me is what he wants me to have. Does that make sense? I promise you. I'm not saying I've never asked for anything. I'm just saying in general and as a whole, I don't pray specifically a lot for myself. And, that, and that's a good thing. I pray for other people's requests and other people's needs. And I've just watched and seen for 30 years how when I put God first and I focus on other people, he always not only gives me what I need, but he gives me things I don't even ask for. Amen? Father, thank you for your word tonight. It's a powerful word. This is, this is one of those words that goes a long ways. Your word is immovable. Your word is steadfast. And tonight, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We, you know us better than we know ourselves. You know the resolve we have in our spirits tonight. God, this is a good church. These are good people. These are faithful people. These are people in here tonight who are learning and have learned what it looks like to put you first and see what you do. Lord, you are a good God. Not, not only a good God, you're a great God. You're a faithful God. And you said, Lord, that the humble and the meek will, will inherit the earth. And tonight, Lord, we want our lives to not be about ourselves. We don't come to you trying to make a deal. We don't come to you and say, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do that. We just come and say, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. Lord, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus and on the word. I'm going to continue just to do the right things over and over again. I'm going to make you first and make everything about you, and then I'm going to rest and watch you do what you do. Receive that tonight, church, for yourselves. Receive the word of the Lord tonight. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in the area or areas that we talked about tonight that you're doing the right thing in and confirming that tonight and you just continue to do the right thing and you just continue to do the right thing and you just continue to fit, be faithful and stay on God and watch what God will do. And then, watch this, listen closely as you're praying. Listen closely as your eye, eye, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Even if he doesn't give you what you think you want, you still love him. Because whatever he, listen closely, whatever he doesn't give you, he knows you don't need or you shouldn't have it. That's trust too. Because sometimes we ask for things and God's no is for our own good. And you have to trust and say, God, you know why. And some things you won't know till you get to heaven. But God's keeping us from some things. God keeps us from some things because he knows what we can handle. He said, I'll never put more on you than, than you can handle, than you can bear. How many tonight, before we move into a different direction, and just thank the Lord for his faithfulness, don't know Jesus personally. Jesus is not Lord of your life tonight. Jesus is, has not been king and master. You haven't taken up your cross. You haven't been born again. I want to pray for you tonight if you're here. We'll pray for those that are watching online in just a moment. Just lift your hand up and say, Pastor, I want to say this sinner's prayer tonight. 
I want to be born again all over this place. I know it's a Wednesday night, but God is touching hearts and touching minds and touching spirits. Maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here tonight and, and you, you used to be that person that made God first. And you used to be that person who, who put God into everything. And you used to be that person who, who was working and doing. And, and, and at some point, instead of doing number four, this is where you miss out. Instead of resting in the spirit, you got weary and you quit. And tonight you need to come home again. You need to come back to your first love. Come back to that love of Jesus and say, God, I'm, I'm coming back to, to what, I, what, what I fell in love with, which is you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight. You know who you are. Maybe you're watching online. That's what you need to do tonight. Let's stand all across this place. And right before we open up this altar, I want to say a, a prayer. for. We just talked to some, fam, some friends of Pastor uh, Mario and Dianza from the church in Phoenix last night from Alaska. They're praying for a church up there. They're praying. And I'm telling you, if I could just go in the flesh, I'd be gone. I would go to Alaska and start a church. I'm not kidding. And I know Carla would go with me. There's a need up there. Everybody's looking at you like, tell them you would, huh? Yep, see? <laughs> but there's a need in Alaska, amen? There's needs all over the place. But they're watching, they're telling people about the Lord. There's, there's places where there's no churches. That's what we're about, amen, trying to reach people. But someone's watching tonight, listening. Someone found this online, and maybe they don't know Jesus, and we're going to say the sinner's prayer with them. If you're watching online, just repeat this, or you're listening on the podcast. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing me here by the power of your Holy Spirit. I know that I'm a sinner tonight, and I fall short of your glory. If I died tonight, I would die in my sins. But thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. I believe you did that. And I believe you rose from the dead to defeat death. I put my faith tonight not in my good works, not in my righteousness, not in how bad of a person I am, but in how good you are, how faithful you are. Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and wash me clean from all of my unrighteousness and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.